Come be part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Branion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. So Chocolate Knox and Jason Farley, they don't have any sort of bumper music in, oh, they don't. on the front end or the back end, and it's just it just starts. It's just like the conversation starts. What weirdos. Well, I kind of like it. You kinda, like it? I, I sort of liked it. It was a little jarring because I, I was expecting, especially with Knox, you I was what? expecting some funky. You know what you're down. admitting. You know what you're admitting right now? No. What am I admitting? This that I'm the, afraid. This is the first time. Oops, I just turned on the Bluetooth and then back off again. So you probably just destroyed our podcast. I don't know if there was just a big old noise just now. Tell me what I'm admitting. Psychoanalyze me and tell me what's going on in my head you're that I'm not even aware of myself. It or listen to it before. You're list- they've had a podcast a long time, and you're just now commenting on the fact that they don't use bumper music, which means you don't listen regularly. That's all. <laughs> what difference does that make? You're, just, you're not supportive of your friends. That's all. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> and it was it was great. I, I will become a more regular listener because they were talking about common law and it made me feel a little bit self-conscious because it, there was so much smart stuff content. in it. Yeah, so much content. Jason that it made Farley me, reads a lot. He is a very smart guy. He reads all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And that you could tell. And, and Knox was... I ask a question. It was really fun. They they actually have a video presentation, which I knew we could do, mm-hmm. but I don't know how to do it with our podcast. Probably, oh, probably we would available. need to actually make a video. Like on the app, there was mm-hmm. a, a video. But then uh, Jason would start saying things, and Knox would Knox would rub his forehead like mm-hmm. he was like it hurt. Yeah, like he was processing. But anyway, I, I just as I was listening to our own awesome theme music, it occurred to me how. What a blessing it is from God to have it. It occurred to you that you'd like because to get rid of it and just <laughs> no, imitate that. Not them. every podcast is as blessed as ours is to have its own unique theme music. Mm-hmm. But they're blessed in other ways, like actually having worthwhile content. So, so uh, this week, there might be some extra noise in the house at the table. You might be able to hear it. You might be able to hear that humming noise. I don't know if it's picking up or not. Mm-hmm. Hum a little louder, Emmy. Huh? 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 Hum a little louder to see if we can get it on the microphone. Emmy is doing her very best to not do her schoolwork. She's finding yeah. other things to distract herself to keep from doing the one paper that she's supposed to actually be doing. Well, the reason that they're busier and louder than usual is because I've just done a complete screen detox this week. If you would like to try something at your house, Carl... That, uh, that maybe you've never done before, if you'd like to try a different way of living, remove all of the screens and devices from your children's lives. Well, and, and it's not and that... it will hurl you into an alternate reality that you probably didn't even we know didn't existed. completely remove them. Like, I have my phone sitting right next to me, and um, we've been watching Family Movie in the evening still, but 
but yeah, they're all, they're and they're also using screens for school, which they've always done. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they have to go online and watch their lectures, which are streaming video. So, so yeah, they still have screens, but I'm not allowing them to just fill up all of their downtime with screens in between with video games, and forcing them to think of other things. And so right now, what they've been doing a lot is kicking a ball in the house. It's some some kind of soccer-esque game, mm-hmm. and it involves trying to hit each other with the with kicked the ball. ball when you kick it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's like a dodgeball soccer hybrid. But you also uh-huh. don't want the opponent to touch certain pieces of furniture. Like different pieces oh. of furniture belong to people. I don't know how it's divided. It's yeah. not like you would think. It's not quite as intuitive as as I would have made it. Well, but you're not seven. But so like, you know, the lamp might belong to one person, but the table underneath it belongs to another. Right. And you can't touch the ball can't touch those things. Yeah. And you can't touch those the things. other person's items. They will get cost you a point if you hit the other person's piece of furniture. I kind of want to play now. I think. I, I think I that's kind of want to play that game. Yeah. But so the, the point is that you're forcing your children to use their creative energies to right. occupy themselves right. rather than just going, oh, I'm bored. I'm going to. I'm going to sink my brain into a right. video game. And I told them I want them to be the creators and not the consumers. I said, if you want to have a movie, if you want to see a really cool movie, you're going to have to make a really cool Gotta movie. Got to make a cool movie. And then you can see the cool movie that you're making as you're making it. Um, but that's, or if you want to read a really cool story, let's let's write a really cool story mm-hmm. and we can read it together now we are still reading our read-alouds in fact we're in the middle of harry potter right now but i said if you you know if you've got some ideas for how to improve this storyline we're not going to go read fan fiction or watch you know spin-off shows on youtube we're going to create it we're going to have to make it ourselves we're going to make our own yeah so anyway yes cammy what can i do for you cammy's here how do we make Well, you can use a recorder. I can give you a... Actually, we gave you a camera for Christmas. So you can use your video recorder. It says change the batteries. Well, we'll have to change the batteries then. <laughs> There's always an obstacle. It changes If it needs the batteries changed, There's then change we shall do. Always something to overcome. Yeah. I would actually say probably the hardest part about creating things like it's overcoming the videos is just getting your, your tools to work properly. That's true. The hardest part is getting started. Yeah, because in the your mind, part is deciding to do it. you can see the finished product in your mind, but yeah. it takes a few steps to get there. Yep. And along the way, the finished product usually crashes into a ditch somewhere, and that's frustrating because it's not as easy as you thought it was going to be. Anyway, I wonder about... Uh, I, I had an epiphany yesterday at Bible study that... Uh, that the problem that we have in a, in a church is that Christian people are not convicted enough about their faith to actually tell somebody like Paul did, you should imitate my faith. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this at church a couple of times too, but I talked about it at, at Bible study yesterday with the guys, and I said, we, there are very few people who will stand up and say, as Paul said multiple times throughout his various epistles, I am your spiritual father. I am following Christ uh, correctly. I am. I, I, I should not be rebuked. Um, I am above reproach. 
and you can you can follow my faith you can follow my lead do what do as i do and mm-hmm. you will be okay and we don't say that in church okay but where does conviction come from well conviction in uh, c- conviction that you are correct that you are you are convicted that you are right and right. what you believe where would does be, that come from would be good for everybody where does conviction come from where does it come from yes how do you get convicted about a thing uh when once you realize that it's true your convictions are strengthened when you know that you're talking about the truth okay so if you don't if you're not convicted then you're not convinced that you're saying true things right so right if you're not if you're not 100 percent convicted about what you're saying then there there's some doubts that you haven't addressed yet right but it sounds like you're trying to encourage people to be more convicted and and therefore stand up and say follow me do as i do Whereas it's kind of like the other side of the coin from what I've been telling people for a long time, which is notice that you don't know what you're talking about and just shut up. So you should sit down and be quiet. Yeah, I've been saying right. that a long time. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I understand why you would say that. No, uh, what, I, what I'm saying is that people should work to get to the point where they are as convicted as Paul Can you Paul work was. at it? That's what I'm asking. Can you just, can you will yourself to know a true thing? Can you will yourself to know a true thing? Yeah. Uh, I think you can, no, I, I don't think you can will yourself. I don't think you have any control over what you believe anyway, whether it's true or false. Okay. Your, your beliefs are, are, are what they are. And right. Sorry, Carl. If you don't have the conviction to know that you can stand up and tell somebody to follow you, then that's just the way it is. Well, it, <laughs> if you're... But then the question that you would ask yourself is, why don't I want somebody else to follow me? Why? Why? I think that my ideas about, uh, let's see, <laughs> the, uh, for example, the, uh, the the girl that that settled out of court with uh, Prince Andrew. Uh huh. Um, what's the thing? What's her name? Victoria. Uh, I don't know. G- Giffrey, whatever. I don't know. Anyway, she was put up as, as this champion of women's rights, you know, and she's going to stand up, truth to power, she's going to stand up to this powerful member of the royal family, and she's going to find justice for the abuse that she suffered. Uh-huh. Uh, and then she settles out of court for an undisclosed amount of money. Well, I am convicted that that is not justice. If you're, if you're truly standing up to him because you don't want other people to suffer at his hands as you have suffered, then no amount of money is going to, is going to persuade you to drop the case. Okay. What does that have to do with what we were just talking about? I'm, con- I'm convicted <laughs> that that's true. And so I wrote about that, but I had a lot of people that were like, no, you're you're wrong. She she was she was very brave and and she probably just took the money because that was all she could get. Um, she wasn't going to be able to to she wasn't going to be able to have any sort of power over this member of the royal family. And and so they were they were expressing their point of view, but they weren't as as certain as I was that they were correct. Really? Yeah. Your critics weren't as certain. Yeah. I saw some people who were saying that that justice is not something that you get to define. So if like who are you to say that it isn't justice for her to get a certain number, amount of money in 
in return for right. what one, she's Right. One person was asking if it's the if it's the aggrieved, doesn't the aggrieved get to decide when justice was well, served? Well, I, I would say no, the aggrieved that's, doesn't. That's but, what I would say, too. But how do you know that God didn't decide that that was what she deserved? How do you know that how God... How do I know? Yeah. I don't. Well, there you go. So you're not as... Why are we doing this podcast? I don't know anything if you're going to ask that question. No, but that's the point of what we were talking about before. About I don't know anything. Paul knew that he was doing what God called him to do. That right. was what you brought up, that right. we should all be able to stand up like Paul and say, follow me because I'm following Christ and I'm for certain and you can imitate me because I'm imitating Christ. Right. And he knew that. And he was more certain about it than anybody that I've ever met in modern America. Mm-hmm. And so my question then to you was, can you control whether or not you get to that level of certainty? How do you know and and how do you how do you maintain that kind of confidence? And you said I don't, I don't think, think you can. I don't think you can have that. Well, it depends on what you're talking about. There's no, there are certain things that I. It's easier to be certain about some things, uh-huh. like your favorite color, right? Than it is to be certain about. Uh, well, about how where certainty comes from. Right. I mean, you're my goodness. You're talking about That's a really what, deep, I profound. Know. I know, and Paul wrote about really deep, profound spiritual things too. But that's my point. I usually. But Paul I, didn't tell us why he was certain. He didn't tell us why he knew that we should follow him. Right, but you're the one who's trying to like shame people for not having that level of certainty. You're basically saying, "Hey, Carl, we should be more like Paul and be more certain about stuff." And so I asked you how. And then I popped a big old hole in your certainty on this subject, and now we're well, all you on have the same to be, uncertain it, plane. It, you know? it's, it, no, it depends on it depends on the subject. If you, for example, people are uh, there are Christian people in church who who have been to church for many many years who will not say that Christianity is superior religion right. to other religions. Nor should they if they're not convinced of it. They should not stand up and say stuff that they don't believe. I, I'm not suggesting that they should. You should always say true things. But I'm saying if you are not convinced that Christianity is superior to other religions, then why not? Then why? Then what is it that's causing you to identify as a Christian? And that that's that's how you gain certainty. Is you you ask questions about what you do believe is true, and then compare the answers that you get to the answers that others are giving. I don't think people are being given any measure of certainty on any subject anymore. I don't think people even have anything to compare it to. Like from, from their first few breaths on earth, they're being filled with doubt and filled with, with relativism and filled with wishy-washiness and filled with right that's that's why i brought it up at bible study they don't have the ability to but i'm asking you because i don't think that telling them hey you know you've never known anything for sure in your entire life what do you think about that they're not going to know what to do with that either well but that's why that's why i'm saying that's what i'm saying christianity i'm saying you've got to dig into christianity it's rock solid it's true it's the only it's the only truth and if you truly believe that and that's the problem they don't believe it right they don't know they don't know what they believe but we have an environment at church now where we all pretend that we believe this thing we all sing songs about uh about jesus and we tell ourselves, oh, yeah, I believe the Bible. The Bible's my authority. When they've never even opened the Bible. They've never even come across. They've never even heard that Paul said, hey, you can follow me. Instead, they, they don't know any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they haven't thought about it. Right. 
And so that's all I'm saying. I'm saying that we have an environment where, where people are, uh, they're not convicted that what they believe is the truth. Mm-hmm. And they don't get called out for it. Right. Yep. And I don't think that they can help it. <laughs> and I don't think that, I don't know that. So what are we doing? I mean, what are we doing at, what are we doing at church? What are we, what are we doing? Well, there are people who, who are convicted about things. Few of them. The ro- the way is very narrow, but. Right. Um, but yeah, I, this kind of goes along with what I was talking about with my sisters this week, where people are now coming to me when they realize that they don't know what they believe or why, mm-hmm. and they don't have deep conversations about truth, and they don't know how to even begin to find what true things would be. If there is truth out there, they don't even know how they would seek it. And so then they go, hey, we're going to email the, the four sisters. We're going to email Amanda or John. We're going to email John Branion yeah. and ask him for his opinion on stuff. Yeah. And that, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't think that that's... I, I don't want to be in that role in society where it's like, okay, we have all of these millions of lost people. Because that's what they are. They're lost. They're not convicted. They don't even know what true is. Right. And and so they they realize, oh, I've been groping around here blind in the darkness. So I'm gonna rally behind the first, you know, the first person who seems to know where they're going. Mm-hmm. And just ask them to solve all of my problems or ask them to put a period at the end of all of my question marks. And um, and I'm not, I don't know what to do with that. You are, well, you just, you just said that you're not comfortable. Right. Um, I don't want to be, I don't, don't want to be the mama the direct, duck. I don't, don't want to answer the direct questions, but you want to, right. you're not opposed to, to leading asking them more. in a process. I'm not opposed to asking more questions to show them that I've been, I've been doing that same thing for a long time, but I, I don't want to be um, the sage or the guru or the thing I said to Tabby yesterday was I'm not Solomon sitting on my throne and I don't want all of these people coming to me. Like I'm now the authority. I'm now the person who's going to supply them with all of their, you know, right. Well, who does that to to fix their doubts? Who who does that? That's why I just asked you and you were like, that's too deep. (laughs) No, you asked me where conviction comes right. from. Right. Where does certainty come from? Where does how do you know when you believe something? Where does Paul's confidence come from? And how do you how do you get that? How do you can you Well, the thing that intentionally I've intentionally go and get okay, certainty for all right. yourself. So if we'll keep it in the realm of faith. Yeah. The the thing that I discovered, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, maybe, with and, and atheists helped me with this mm-hmm. was okay, if 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 you don't believe, if what I'm saying is not true, then give me an alternative. Right. You know, t- give me give me something else that that sticks. Um, and if there, it was it was the lack of of arguments you know, con- that that contradicted Christianity in a meaningful way that convinced me that that Christianity is true. But it wasn't. It wasn't one thing. It wasn't one thing that was finally what what crystallized it all. But it was it was an overwhelming abundance of of other ideologies that that didn't work. You know that didn't make sense. Atheism doesn't work. Uh-huh. You know you can't just you can't just throw out the idea of God. Well, the idea of of a eternal being that created the universe that is fantastic that is just fantastic it's like i agree that is it's a very difficult concept to believe so what's your alternative 
And there isn't an alternative that's any less fantastic. And so those are those are things that that help me be more certain about my am I absolutely 100% sure about uh, about God and what he's like and of course not. But the alternative is that there is no God and that's in my mind it's more fantastic. It's more it takes more faith to believe that there isn't some sort of rational mind behind all of this. And so that's what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't think that you're more certain than Paul was. Oh, well, it's not a competition between me and Paul. I don't think that you're as certain as Paul was either. You don't think I'm as certain. And I think that your example that you gave was a pretty bad one too as far as the... Okay, homeschool. Homeschool versus public school. I am convicted and convinced that homeschool is a superior thing to do with your children than right. to send them to public My school. And was, I, like Paul, would say, you could model your beliefs about school after mine. My question was, where does your certainty come from? That's my question. Like, is it a feeling? Is it a, and if it's a feeling, does it come from God? Does it change ever? Does it ever waver? Are there other ever times where you aren't as certain about those decisions as others? Uh, because if you're going to encourage Carl, our listener, to do a thing, you need to be able to tell him how. You can't just say, be more certain. And, and you did say, well, certainty comes from knowing truth. Right. And But again, like, okay, well, how do you know a truth? Like, it's like, it's like it's, me It's asking, degrees. It's like I said, it depends on the thing you're talking about. If we're talking about Christian faith, which is what I'm talking to church people, I'm talking to Carl, if you're going to be a person who professes faith, Right. Then you have to be convinced that that's, that faith that you're professing with you. is That's true. why nobody's professing truth anymore. Okay, that's, that's all point. I was saying. And there, that there and aren't any people that stand up and say, this is what I believe is true. That's right. They're all standing up and saying nothing is true. They're all standing up and saying everything could be true. I don't know. I don't know is like the motto of Americans for the last hundred years or more. Right. I don't know because it sounds humble and also because they really don't know. And so everybody is looking for more certainty but they don't know where to get it and so they're they're plunging into depression they're all everybody's anxious we're trying to to find our answers in you know pharmaceuticals or trying to find right. people are going to church looking for answers and they're not finding them because no one is standing up like paul said correct and going but this is what should, is true but they shouldn't nobody should stand up if they're lying about it if they don't know what truth is and you can't blame the people who are all going okay to i'm church. not talking i'm not talking to everybody i'm not talking to everybody i'm saying all i said was that there are very few people in church who right. know what they're talking about and are willing to stand up and say this is what i believe is true right and, and there's not much that we can do about that until... Except we can be one of the people who knows what they're that, talking about. That's why I keep asking you. You can't just choose to be a person who knows stuff. You can't just wake up one morning and go, you know what? I'm going to know things today. No, but you but you say, I think I think the truth exists. I'm going to go looking for Maybe it. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't even think truth exists. Maybe they've grown up in a relativistic culture You're where such a nihilist. Every, no, everybody in the culture is a nihilist. That's what I'm saying. 
you're you're noticing the symptoms of a nihilistic culture mm -hmm. where people don't know true things and you're like what's wrong with everybody it's like you don't know true things no that's not what i said <laughs> they don't. that's not what i said i said what they need what the nihilists need is somebody who's not a nihilist shining a light okay and i believe there's some biblical passages there's, that make okay, reference but to there's that only like what do you do you you said you need to be one of those people you want carl to go and be a person who's not a nihilist who can shine the light for yeah, those people. Yeah, I, I want you to. I want you to do whatever is necessary to become convinced that what you believe is correct. And if you don't know that, what if you can't stand up and say, "I believe this is correct," then I would agree with you when you say they should sit down and be quiet. Right. Well, that's what they're doing. And, and learn from somebody. Everybody's sitting down and being quiet now, and you're looking around, going, "Well, where are all the people like Paul?" And it's like, "No, where are all the people like me?" That's what I'm any, saying. There aren't any people who are willing to stand up and say that stuff because it immediately makes them feel. Um, the doubt, like the doubts crop up. And right. what do you do about, about doubts? What can you do? You said, do whatever's necessary, which is super helpful. <laughs> do whatever's necessary to combat those doubts and to know true things. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think well, it that depends on what you're what doubting. Okay. You got, you have to be specific. You can't just say, well, so there's doubts. Of course there's doubts in general, but specifically what? You know, I've, I've, I've had those doubts. What if there isn't a God? What if God's not real? What if the Bible's not true? Mm -hmm. What if Jesus never, never was really born? But I've addressed all of those. I've, I've done the work to if, figure out whether or not that's true. What if I am being arrogant or I'm one of the false teachers or the wolves and not a Paul? What if I'm not Paul? What if I am deceived like Saul was before he became Paul? Right. You know? And, and I think that there are... Uh, I think there's ways that you can find that out too. You know trees by their fruit. And so you have to be honest enough and savvy enough and ask God for wisdom there to look go. at your own fruit. Oh, there you go. That's what I thought you were going to say from the beginning, that it's not really something that we can charge Carl to go do. We can't necessarily say, Carl, get busy doing whatever it takes <laughs> to be certain about Okay, stuff. okay. I know what the peaches <laughs> wants me to say. Carl, what you need to do is get busy asking God to give you wisdom and bring you certainty that, and, and, in your faith. And to send workers into the harvest, you know, that that's another prayer from no, the no, New no, Testament. No, 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 because we don't, those workers don't know that they're, if they're right or not. That God, God is the one who ultimately provides you with the fruits of the Spirit, with the peace and the, and the joy and the patience and all these other things that, that good leaders like Paul need. God is the one that provides you with those. You can't just will yourself. It's like saying, you know, I've got a heart problem or whatever. And so I'm just going to do whatever it takes to fix the heart problem. Right. But you but can't the problem, fix it yourself. The problem I have with your, with your angle is that it seems very mystical and magical. And it seems very uh, detached from the... Uh, from what I believe is the real existence of my own, uh, my own mind, my own ability to reason, my own ability to connect dots. Also, those things came from God. Right. And That's so, my point. So if I'm going to, th there are no convictions. Mm -hmm. It's it's impossible to be convicted about anything. It's impossible to know. It's impossible to know anything. Anything. Right. If I don't have faith in my faculties right. to to think and to reason and if i don't have a certain amount of faith in in my intuitions if if all of it is untrustworthy then we can't know I'm anything i'm not saying it's untrustworthy what i'm saying is as a person who teaches small children to learn new things i 
don't understand the process and don't, I don't have as much input or as much, uh, I guess, effort in the process as you would think. Like you think a teacher teaches. A teacher is a person who sits down with a person who needs to learn something and teaches them. Yeah, a teacher a teacher just presents information. Yeah, but you have what no power over how much of it gets how does absorbed. It get received? But the, does the student really have a power over what they, they receive either? That's, well, this is where... Again, I get what you're saying, and I, know I don't disagree with it. You don't like the mystical, it. magical elements of it, but I hate to tell you, every single time everything a is magical. Learns I know. A thing, I've, it's a I've written about that before. Everything, yes. everything is more magic than everything yes. is magic. That's that's my point. Like, if you're going to charge a person with a thing, go. But do how this con- thing. how convicted? How, you? how convinced are you that that's correct? That everything is magical? I'm, I am convinced that okay. I have never taught a person a thing in my life. Like every single time it happens, I go. How did that happen? Right. How did that work? I've right. given birth four times, and all four times I was like, "How did a new person sure just exist?" Sure, but just sudden? because you don't know how it works doesn't mean that you that you yes. that you do what some of our family members do and throw your hands up and go, "Well, we can't know anything. None of, none of this. We we can't discern anything." Right, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like the problem I have with your philosophy, since you've got a problem with the mystical, magical stuff in mine, mm-hmm. the problem I have with yours is that you haven't actually said anything. You didn't actually answer any, any well, questions. Well, neither one of us did. Right, but I'm but you're the one who's trying to, to pretend like I'm the one like who's you. trying to say something. You're the one who's trying to pretend like you are. You're the one who's trying to encourage people I'm to the stand one who's, up. I'm the one who's actually trying to give you some sort of you, substance. You're trying to be Paul, and you want me to follow you, and I'm like, okay, but here's why the rest of us are not... I am convinced that there is a God. That's where everything starts. Right. God is real and God exists. Now, from there, that's that's just step one. You know, you have to take other steps. And if there is a God, then what must he be like? Well, how do you know what God is like? You have to look at, you look at nature and you go, well, nature is very orderly and nature is predictable and nature uh, doesn't change. You know, there are certain patterns that produce themselves. Well, that tells me that the creator of that, that tells me something about the creator. Not everything. You have to infer some things. But if you don't believe that your ability to infer things is reliable, well, now you're back in nihilism again. I'm not even starting with that. Like, you started with atheists, and you said, oh, well, the atheists, they don't even believe there's a God, and that doesn't make any sense. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about even after you've accepted that there must be a creator. And now you want to go and be like Paul. Mm-hmm. You want to be a leader and you want to say true things. Right. Well, how can you control that? That's that's all I'm asking. How can you just decide? Oh, no, 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 no. I, you, I, I didn't apparently communicate my sentiment. I wasn't saying that that I have the ability to create disciples to make people fall in line. That's not it. I'm saying that we're we're supposed (laughs) to be, we're lights. We're supposed to shine our light. That's it. Right. I'm not saying that you control that people are following you either. I'm asking how you can just decide to be certain. How can you just say? You can decide to shine your light. You can, you, you shine a light. I, I think that this is what I think. And this is just an opinion or a speculation or a, a theory. Let's call it a theory. I think that there are people out there who cannot know true things. They can't know them. And it does not matter how much you present information to them. They do not have the capacity to understand it. Why do you, what, what's that based on? Based on... Just your... Based on it, seeing people out there who don't seem to be able, able to learn 
they don't know things. They're not they're not receiving information. They're not it, you can go through the same exact routines with, you know, 12 kids to try to help them learn a new concept and some of them are just not going to understand the concept no matter what you do. Okay. And so that's what I'm saying. If you're a person who who keeps going to church because you're seeking answers and you really do want to know true things, but you do not feel confident. You do not feel like you know true things. You do not feel you don't want people following you. You don't even want to be Paul There's because always you feel doubts. like a fraud. There's always doubts. What can you actually do to curb that or to stop that? I I don't it, okay. That's my Now question. I understand your question. Yeah. So your question is basically can everybody be a leader be a who should be and no no obviously everybody is not going to be able to are, stand are you up assuming and, that there are people out there who are absolutely convinced about the truth of their faith and they just won't say it is that what you think is no going on? no no I, I think that there are a lot of people who profess to have faith uh and and they don't realize how that they don't know what they believe. Okay. I think there's a lot of people who are carried along by the religious current. Okay. And they, you know, they can put their hands up and they can sing along with the slides. Right. So but, that's more people that need to be quiet. But like they're not leaders. About. Right. Like right. 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 And I'm and all I'm saying is that the people that there are not very many people mm-hmm. in church. And I agree with you that most of the people making the most noise should be quiet, should be quiet because they're presenting themselves That's as leaders. False, right. They're presenting themselves as people who know what they're talking about, but and they, they don't go. know what they believe. Right. These are the people who deconvert after a few years at the top of the ch- Christian right. record labels. Oh, I know. It's like, well, I, are... I don't, I've got all these problems. I don't even believe in God anymore. It's like, wow. And you used to be right. telling people that you knew what you were talking about. Right. I know. That's the, f- that is what I see happening more than anything else. No, that, I agree with that. And so I'm saying that people should sit down and and be quiet. Right. But really, anytime I person, agree with that, but those people those people are so visible that it causes people who actually do know what they okay, believe. That's what I'm asking. Do you think that there are people in the church who do know what they believe with confidence, with certainty, and and they're just not saying anything? Yes, I think there are some of those people. Not a lot, but I think there's a few because of cancel culture. Because if you stand up, I mean, look what happens to me. I can write about the most innocuous, unimportant un, thing, they, but if I say it with conviction, I take all kinds of heat for it. You think there are people who know what they're talking about. They do not doubt the truth, and they just won't say it. Yes, because they're afraid. I think they're afraid because they're they're uncertain about it. I think they're afraid because they're not totally convinced that what that, they're saying is That true. may be true. That's I mean, what I, I mean. I don't know. That may be true, that they... That they but you, but the, how how is it possible to be one hundred percent certain in your faith and also doubt it at the same time? There, so you're not. you've got a double minded person. No, no, that's what I'm asking. I'm I'm asking. I think there you. are people who are convic- convinced that they know what they're talking about, but they don't say anything because because of the cultural cost of standing up for conviction. I don't think that that's. I disagree with that analysis. Really? I don't think because if you know a thing with a hundred percent certainty, uh-huh. you're not afraid to say it. That it's with the truth comes the confidence. And that's scriptural too, by the way. Paul says that the reason his conscience was clear was because he had a direct relationship with Christ and he knew he was secure in his relationship with Christ. He knew the truth, so his conscience was clear, and that's why he could weather any storm. He could be in jail, he could be shipwrecked, right, he could but be I, I think if okay, let's I don't take know. It. I'm I'm I would be 
take it to I just, something. I just think that there's probably people out there who are, who are good, solid. They know no. what they're talking about. And they're like, you know what? I'm not saying anything because look at the heat that this nope. person's taking. That's not, why would you care about taking heat if you were convinced? convicted if you, if you had, were convinced that you were right yeah if you had the conviction of righteousness if you knew you were on the right team the right side you you were it was true i think that you are i think you've got a blind spot here because you're you're the one who always knows what's going on with people you're you're excellent at reading people i know that's why i'm telling you that my reading on this is that the people who are being quiet are doing so because they're afraid they're wrong they're afraid they're wrong if you are if you if somebody tells you for example that you are really hungry right now and you know for sure you're not. Don't interrupt if you know that you're hungry or you're not hungry and somebody keeps insisting to you, you're really hungry. I know you are. You're really hungry. You're not going to become more quiet. You're not going to get silent and go, well, I just don't want to make this person mad. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell them, you know, yeah, I'm hungry, even though I literally ate 20 minutes ago. You're just going to get louder. You're going to say, no. I know for a hundred percent certainty that I do not want to eat right now. And I will stand by that. I will die. I will, I will go to my grave insisting that the truth of, I don't know much, but I do know this. I do know I'm not hungry. And if you give a person that, if you give them one tiny little statement that they can take to their grave, this is, this is the idea of um, the meaning of man. What is it? The, Who's, who's the guy who went to the concentration camps? Viktor Frankl. Yes, Viktor Frankl and, and how... Man's search for meaning. Man searches for meaning. It's one thing they know for sure. All they need is one true thing in their lives. And if they have that conviction, if they have that certainty about the thing, they can weather any right, storm. Right, right, Okay, I don't... I, I, I'm certainly not going to dispute Viktor Frankl. Uh, yeah. But I, I think that there are... I think there's a, a number of people out there who kind of have the not my monkeys, not my circus attitude. And there are people who will like, yeah, I think that this is a bunch of, I think this is a bunch of hooey, but they sort of roll their eyes and go, I'm not going to get involved. I, I know that there are people who don't get involved. I, we, you and I both see that there are people They just out close there, the curtains and get on with their lives. But it's not because they're convinced that what they're doing is is true. It's not because they have really. The right. You think you think there are people who you think that anybody who is convinced that they are correct is willing to go to battle for it. Yep. Yep. I think that that's the end. And everybody who is who who is convicted that they're right is willing to die on that hill, so to speak. Yes, I think I think the only thing that causes people to shrink back in fear is cowardice is uncertainty. It's because of uncertainty. It's cowardice because they're going, oh no, it's the doubt. It's the, it's the, did God really say, are you really Paul? Do you, can you really trust this stuff? Do you really know what you're talking about? Are you crazy? The reason cancel culture is powerful is because it makes people feel crazy. It makes people uncertain. They stand out on their own. They're all by themselves in an island of people saying yes while they're saying no. You know, everybody else around them is ch chanting one thing while the person in the middle is saying the opposite. And so it causes them to doubt. They go, okay, maybe I don't know what I thought I knew after all. And that is what causes people to resort to inaction. It's paralyzing fear. It's this, it's this belief, or sorry, I guess lack of belief in a thing because- a lack of faith. They can't go forward anymore not knowing what they thought they knew before. That's what I think. I don't think there are people who are hiding in their houses convinced, 100% convinced, they know a thing, a true thing, 
that that everyone else would do well to know too. But it's not worth the battle about it. I think they know that if they go out... I think you're wrong about that. If they face the mob, if they face there's the a whole, mob... There's a whole bunch of people, truckers, you know, clogging up Ottawa, Canada right uh-huh. now. I would I would bet you that there's probably some truckers who are of the same convictions as the ones in the convoy, but they're not willing to, to participate in the convoy because of the repercussions of standing up because, for those convictions. Because the repercussions are going to cause them to doubt... They're not as convicted. The people who are actually convicted, the people who are convinced of the righteousness of being in the convoy are in the convoy. They're there. They went, and because the final step of that conviction is to act. Action. And when you act on the conviction, you're doing it even if your actions cause any number of reactions from so other people. So you would say that a person who is, the person who's like, absolutely, I stand 100% with those truckers. The trucker who stands 100% with the truckers. Is but, standing with them. But does not participate in the convoy <laughs> is himself. Is not standing with them. Is not, is not convicted. Well, he, and, and there, okay, let's, let's be specific here. There may be people who physically can't get to the convoy. Like, I'm not saying you can literally, I stand with the, the convoy in Canada. But you don't own a truck. But I'm not, I don't own a truck. I'm not physically going up to Canada. I have kids to raise, you know, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying if there's a person who's deciding to stay home because it's quote, not worth the fight. What they mean is if I were to get any pushback, if anybody were to argue with me, it would make me feel bad. It would make me feel less than convicted which is why we Yeah, I still think that it I still think that it matters what your some things that I'm convinced I'm right about, but it's not worth the fight to me. You know, if somebody's uh uh grocery carts at Aldi's and putting a quarter It's not worth the fight for you because you're not that convicted, dad. If you're going to use an example like grocery carts at the grocery store, the reason you're not willing to fight That's is what I've been saying. It depends on what you're talking about. It's your no. level how important your level of conviction is. You're you don't you're not convicted. You're about to give me an example of something you're not convicted about. You're about to give me an example of something like ice cream flavors that's just right. a preference. That's not conviction. You don't there is no right way. There's no right or wrong there. So there's nothing at stake. The reason you're not going to fight is because there's nothing to be convicted about because it doesn't matter. God doesn't care what you do with your card at the grocery store at the end of the day. God doesn't care if you prefer strawberry or chocolate ice cream. You're not convicted because there's nothing there to be convicted about. It's not a, just, a justice thing. It's not a righteousness thing. It's not a morality thing. It's just preference. And that's why you're not willing to fight about it. And so that's why I'm saying with when things matter... All right, but it's still truth. No, it's not. It's not true. It's not true that your grocery cart, how, what you do with your grocery cart matters. If you're not willing to fight about it, then it's not something that's true or false. It's something that's either, it's gray area, as they say. It's something that doesn't really matter. You haven't who, thought about this very much, have you? Who are you? <laughs> why are you frowning at me? Because I'm still, I still don't understand why. I, I, I still, it's not that I don't understand why. I don't, I don't think that it's correct that people are willing to go to the mat for every single one of the things that they believe is true. I think there are some truth. I think there is some truth that is trivial. There's truth that is trivial. I would say that the truth, the only truth for trivial things is that they don't matter as much as larger things. I think there is truth. Well, whatever, however think, you want to no, say no, no, it, no, there's no. some truth. No, no, 
I would go to to bat for this. I would say there are some things that are not important on the on eternity scale, like what socks you pick out. That's always the example I use with my sisters. Right. God is not going to send you to hell based on how short your hair is or how long your hair is. Right. But we know that that is true based on what was revealed in Scripture and based on what things God has said he does care about. And so when it comes to obeying God, that's something we should always be convinced about. We should always be convinced that the things we're doing are true and righteous before God. And they, they line up with God's And we should always fight over them. System. The reason you're not going to go to bat over grocery carts, Dad, is because God... It's because God doesn't care about does grocery not carts. Care about I grocery agree carts. with that. Right. I agree with that, but it, but it still doesn't make it less. And that's also why people are not talking about grocery carts at church, and people don't people aren't going and asking questions. People about aren't grocery talking carts. about anything at church. Well, okay, I'm trying to go back to the beginning where you said that people are looking for answers, and nobody's willing to stand up and give them the answers about their grocery carts. And right. It's like, well, that's true because no, because well, I didn't carts actually start with grocery carts. No. To be fair, no, <laughs> I didn't. Keep, I knew I knew not to lead with grocery carts. You keep trying to change the subject, though. Like you, no, I'm all I'm saying is that when when the people who are looking for answers, and you you describe those people as as people who can't. Who, who can't know true things by themselves. And it causes them anxiety. Right. And they go, oh my gosh, what am I gonna, I'm adrift. What am I going to do? Right. They need somebody who, who does have a truth that they can, okay. that's why they go to church. Right. And all of them congregate there, and it's the blind leading the blind because nobody knows where they're going. Or You're what such they're a nihilist. I had no idea. I had no idea how hopeless you all were. All I'm trying to do is is to basically tell Carl that there is no mar- there are no marching orders for this other than to throw yourself at God on God's mercy. We're supposed to seek God. Yeah. Because you can't if you're going to church, you're just gonna find other people there who are looking for answers and not um, not necessarily like to just stand around and wring our hands and say, "Oh, where are all the Pauls? We need some more Pauls around here." You're asking the wrong people. You've got to talk to God about that and say. By the way, uh, Carl, know. I'm not actually wringing my hands. <laughs> if you're picturing that, I um, looks a little sweaty. I'm le- <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> less nervous and anxious about this than she is uh, indicating. But go ahead. You look a little. He's shifty eyes. He yeah, I'm, shifty I'm, eyes. my eyes are darting back and forth, and I'm I'm startled by the slightest n- movement in the room. I I just I'm asking what you expect others to do about that. What is this a thing that you want human help to fix, or is this a thing that is ultimately in God's court to fix? Everything is ultimately in God's court, and okay, I know, and that's okay. All right, well that's forty five <laughs> minutes we just wasted. Talking about something that we can't have any control over. Right. Well, I mean, why'd you bring it up then if that's not, if, if there's nothing. This may do. be our last podcast. There's a, <laughs> why do we even do this? What do we, why do we talk about anything? I was asking you, you were the one who had something you seemed like you needed to say today. So <laughs> you stood gonna, up and said it. I'm not going to make that mistake anymore. It's not my fault. There's you, nothing, there's nothing I can talk about because I can't be hundred percent certain about anything. I can't hear. Oh yeah, there it is. I can hear it now. So there you go, Carl. There's your marching orders. Go forth and just do whatever it takes to be more certain about stuff. (laughs) No, Carl, what you need to do is just uh, get on your knees and ask God to magically pour into your brain a, uh, a confidence that passes all understanding. Yep. Okay.
Thanks for visiting the Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time. See you next time.